0: From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is View from the Cheap Seats. We are the Sklar brothers. We have an amazing guest. And there are times on this show when we either get a stand up comedian who is so deep in the sport world and connected that it is a home run uh, guest, or we get a person from the sports world who understands comedy in a rare instance and has built sort of a career around that as well. We've got that today. Uh, He was a Kentucky basketball star. He was an NBA star. His life went through insane difficulty. He has come out on the other side, and he is now a force for comedy and good and sports. He is Rex Chapman. He is one of the funniest, best followers on Twitter. His creation of Blocker Charge, and we'll get into it when we talk to him, is one of the greatest little mini segments ever created on a late-night show or a social media fan. He is our guest on the show today, and he gets real He gets deep. It's one of the best interviews we've ever done. We're super excited to have him on the show. And then later on the show, uh, we got a tremendous voicemail. But first, uh, let's talk about this, Rand, because uh, baseball is back. Basketball is back. We are back now in the sort of national team sports game spotlight. It's coming back on us. So now we're at the issue of are players and coaches going to kneel during the national anthem? And it happened this past week. Gabe Kapler, Gio, welcome, welcome back, welcome back, Kapler. Uh, By the Jim, way, you know they're you know they're using "Welcome" but the "Welcome Back" Cotter theme song for an Applebee's commercial. Yes, I love it. Applebee's wants to sponsor our podcast. I'm totally cool with that. But like Gabe but Kapler, so the, the Applebee's singing "Welcome Back" Cotter. It's like I get the point of "Welcome Back." But then it goes into, as a family's eating, the names have all changed since you've hung around, but those dreams have remained and they've come and they're around. they're still around. They've come they're around. still around. Who did the, and like, you're like, the song lyrics no are not, matches. No do longer. not match like a chopped chicken salad that's being shown. So if I'm going top five uh, theme songs for sitcoms of all time, yeah. I'm putting Welcome Back Cotter in there. Definitely. I'm putting Good Times in there. And I'm putting Jeffersons. Jeffersons. That's a power trio. But then where do you go? Where do you go? I don't know. We'll leave it up there. If you want to go to a softer place, you can go to Growing Pains. Sure. That's a softer place. Family ties also had a softer play. Those I file those under like things where you're like you are imagining that the people who are the actors are actually singing the theme song. Right, hit exactly. us up on our Twitter if you uh, if yeah, with some of your favorite uh, if you can. We won't read them on TV the air. Show TV. theme songs. Moonlighting, uh, Moonlighting, Al Jarreau, Come on, they literally dipped a toe into the new jazz era to pull out Al Some fly by day. Anyway, uh, well. We are now back with Team Sports. And you've got Gabe Kapler, manager of the San Francisco Giants, kneeling with his players during the national anthem and then clapping back at Trump, who tweeted... If I see anyone kneeling, then I'm out, then I'm done for the game, which is the equivalent of I'm taking my ball and leaving because I can't handle someone. I'm maybe. taking my ball, my tiny ball with both of my tiny hands that I need both of them to hold the tiny ball. I'm going to tiptoe down this very steep ramp and I'm going to leave. And Kapler said, look, I, it, it was interesting because Kapler's statement was pretty much, this is what I stand for, which is ironic because he's kneeling to stand for something, but he's saying. This is how I teach my team. This is how I teach my people in the face of someone saying, I'm just going to leave and I don't believe what you're doing. That's when you need to do it even more. So I applaud Kapler for what he's saying. I applaud him and I think you're going to see more of it. And the response isn't simply going to be, get out of here with your politics in this moment. I think what a lot of people want to say is "Kapler's like, we have a platform. We have a platform. This has nothing to do with the flag. This has nothing to do with patriotism. If you want to try and take that attitude towards it, then you're wrong. He's saying, I'm point blank telling you, no one is more patriotic. There's nothing more patriotic than standing up for what you believe in. And what he said is, if you want to take out of context what I'm doing, I'm telling you, you're taking it out of context. And you're wrong. And And the truth of the matter is that like, coaches constantly look for it's us against them i mean look at the new england patriots they're the best they were the best team the best team in the nfl for the past 15 years Uh, at least they're the best team since 2002 in the nfl like there is no franchise that is better they make the playoffs every year they win their division every year they go to the super bowl nearly every year they are the best of the best of the best and yet they have an it's us against them attitude and that is good coaches know how to turn the world against them you are just giving gabe kapler bulletin board material to motivate his team that like we got to go out there and prove something that's right that's number one and number two i'm happy for other owners stepping up like mark Cuban. i don't think owners owners who are doing the right thing the steve Ballmers of the world the mark cubans of the world who are saying, look, just because I have lots of money and I happen to be a white dude, and just because you know I'm a billionaire doesn't mean I can't stand for the issues that don't directly affect my people and my uh, class bracket. Yeah. For him to come out and say, enough, enough with the attack. national anthem the national anthem police is what he called it and you're like well what does he mean i read through that i'm like what does he mean Enough with the national anthem police? he's talking about the people who are mad at his players for what they're going to do i've been watching premier league soccer because that's back and they're it's not for the national anthem but all the players kneel on the field kneel down for Black Lives Matter for, I would say, three or four seconds before the game starts. It is the most powerful thing. I love it so much. And again, these are players in England talking about Black Lives Matter, which to me feels like a, I know it's a worldwide issue, but it is a very American thing that they're dealing with. So I I wonder if, I wonder if, to get all the uh, national anthemers off, they'll probably hate this even more. It steps it out a further a further moment. So I would ask anyone who's so mad and thinks that it's wrapped up in the flag, what if all the players took the field after the national anthem and before kickoff or before first pitch? You know how you know how when we had season takes to the Cardinals, we were always telling our dad, Hey Dad, we got to get there for the anthem. Yeah. You know how all the guys who are in line buying beer joking about like women they hooked up with the night before during the national anthem? How they're, they're so, all saying shh. The anthem's on. We got to give it the, the proper respect. Don't tell me that story about how you pulled her hair while you had sex with her. Don't tell me that story. The anthem's on. Right. Like no one respects the anthem. Like, it, or a small percentage of people at a at a football stadium respect the anthem. I'm sorry, they do at a baseball stadium. If people are parking, they're walking in. You know, half the people are not hearing the anthem. For the people who care about the anthem, look up at the flag. Why are you looking at a player? Why are you looking at what someone else is doing? Why do you care what someone else is doing? Half the people don't take their hats off during the anthem. If you're worried about disrespect for the anthem, then you should focus your your anger at all the ways that the anthem is being disrespected, not by someone who's kneeling down and still acknowledging, quietly acknowledging the the national anthem. I really don't understand that. So it is interesting. My, My thing is, look, if you like what happens at the, at the English Premier League game, maybe that's the next step, and maybe this should be proposed to all the people who are mad and believe that people are disrespecting the flag. Okay, fine. They won't do anything during the National Anthem, but the first second they step on the field, right before the game, everyone's going to take a knee for five seconds. Take a knee in silence, go down and say, we're, gonna, we're, we're not in support of brutality against a certain race of people, and this is how we're going to do it. On the field, once the game has started. Yeah, make it a bigger deal. I think that's actually maybe the answer. We, we just came up with the answer, Jay. There it is. welcome. All right. Well, uh, we're going to come up with a lot of more answers on a lot of other things uh, when we talk to Rex Chapman on the other side of this break. Do not go anywhere. Uh, we want to remind people, hey, we've got another before we head to the break. We've got a daily podcast called uh, Scalabro Country, the Virus Edition, where we break down some really insane and silly behavior that's happening during the pandemic. Uh, pandemic we do that every day that's been a lot of fun and that's been growing we throw clips up on our instagram we are at sclar brothers uh we demand that you follow us on that uh it's it's a really fun site and it's been taken off a little bit lately with some of these clips we've been putting up and then also on august 15th and we'll mention this later as well uh, we're doing a live dumb people town tickets are selling for that nowhere comedy club Do it from the the comfort of your own living room, and it's not an expensive ticket. And you will see me and Randy and Daniel Van Kirk and our guest just announced today, Jim Gaffigan will be on the show. It will sell out. That seems like something you're kind of interested in. Get your tickets for that. We want to see. All right. All right. Let's move on. We'll take a break. When we come back on the other side of this, the great Rex Chapman. I'm so excited. This is View from the Chief Seat. Stay with us.
0: Hey everybody, it's Elaine Welteroth, and I'm hosting a new podcast called Built to Last by American Express, where we will dive deep into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Our debut season will focus on black-owned small businesses that need our support now more than ever. In each episode, we feature the story of a black business trailblazer that has inspired a modern black-owned business. First up is Pinky Cole of Atlanta's food truck turned restaurant, Celetti Vegan. We'll also chat with Hanifa Muemba, the cutting edge designer behind the Hanifa 3D Digital Fashion Show. Plus, we'll check in with Issa Rae, our modern day Renaissance woman. We hope that it encourages all of our listeners to support these businesses as well as the Black-owned businesses in your own communities. Tune in for these amazing stories and others on Spotify, Apple. YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
2: Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. As promised, I mean, this is a dude who we watched when he played and we have been watching intently because, you know, he kind of fits now into the two circles of the Venn diagram where we kind of sit, which is creating comedy and being a sports expert and creating comedy around sports or bringing the comedy of sports to real life. And that is Rex Chapman. Thanks for joining us, buddy. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. I've been fans of yours from, from way back. So this is awesome. I honor. love it. Yeah, it's so funny because like we don't really realize so in two thousand and two to two thousand and four when we were doing cheap seats around that time. I mean, you're six, two thousand four to two thousand six. Two thousand four to two thousand six. First of all, I think we're around in the same age. Are you fifty-two? Yeah, I am. We're forty-eight, so we're kind of in that same age range. Like we remember you playing College, college basketball, Kentucky. We now we grew up in St. Louis, which is close to Kentucky. When we were young, we were fans of the Missouri Tigers. We went to right, Ultima, right. those Missouri Tiger teams in the late '80s. And I don't know if you ever faced off against them, but John John Sunbold and and that's uh, earlier. That's Steve early Devin, 80s. Uh,
3: oh, really? St- Stepanovich, yeah, of, yeah. It's Steve it's Stepanovich shot himself in the foot. Remember Did he? that. He, that, literally,
1: yeah. he literally oh, shot yeah. himself in the foot. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. And, anyway. he was, and he was using Classico Burris' gun, which was yeah. really yeah. But, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Another guy oh. who shot himself in the foot.
3: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, but those teams in yeah, they, Missouri, no, they had Derek Chivas. They yeah. had uh, – um, Lee, Lee,
1: yeah. Lee Coward. Lee Coward. Lee Coward. Doug Smith. Those are good – Doug those Smith. Are good those were like number 1 teams kind yeah, of around good. 86 87 when you came yeah. on the scene in Kentucky That's but right. since we and of course we always knew Kentucky basketball was was big but since we've kind of become gotten out we've yeah. gone and traveled and done comedy in lexington we did the uh, the BBN we did the Kentucky Sports Radio KSR. KSR. Have you been to games here? Have you been to a game yet? No. No, but we Oh come uh, on. I know, but Matt Jones. Come back. Come back when the pandemic's over. I we (laughs) will. I'd love love to go to a game with you. That would be the coolest thing ever. Done. But we'll get a hot brown. brown. You you get get a hot brown. That's right. By the way, for those who don't know, a hot brown is not like a sexual act. No, it does involve a hooker. It does not. A hot brown hot brown. Yes. Explain it. Explain a hot brown brown. Hot brown
3: is basically white bread, uh, toast, turkey, ham, bacon, and cheese sauce dumped yeah. all over it. Oh, yeah, so instant heart attack. In My terror. heart
1: stops literally yeah. and figuratively to think about yeah. something like
3: that. But you yeah. guys went to Michigan, right? Yeah, Michigan. So were you there? Were you guys? If you're younger, you you probably be around juan and chris is it chris weber and juan's uh right. so, so era we were, we were, were teammates yeah, yeah we were
1: teammates uh, in, the, in washington heat. yeah yeah washington. Washington. Washington, washington washington that's right so they were they were yeah and we became friends with juan and and, and juan's got this unbelievable memory oh. it's why he's a great coach and why he is a great coach today it's like, from back when we were kids, there was a really, we had a class with him. And we've told this story on here where we would just sit in the back and the, four of them, and the five of them would sit right in front of us for this dumb communications class. Right. And we were just making jokes the whole time. So we didn't we're think- basically We're basically doing cheap seats from- Yeah, right. Uh, back <laughs> I get it. And they, and we didn't think they even noticed us, but one day I wasn't there and Jay was walking down to pick up a review sheet. And from behind him me, he hears, hey, yo twin, where was your brother this morning? And Jay looks <laughs> like- it's Juwan, <laughs> okay? And we were like, oh my God, you knew that we were twins. You know, He knew that. So yeah. we became friends with him, studied with him for the test. We just posted a picture on our Instagram of us with right. him as we were studying. What a great dude. Cut to years later, I go to the Clippers game, and we start to become friends with some of the people at the Clippers. We know Blake Griffin, and we go to the Clippers game. This is when Blake was still on the team, and we're down in the tunnel where the players come out at halftime. I'm wanting my kids to like maybe get away from right. him, we, and they're playing the Heat. We come back up, and this is when Juwan was a coach there, and he's it, it, they're huddling up and getting ready for the second half. Juwan looks over and sees me walking along on the baseline. He sees me, he points to me, and he mouths – Hey, twin. Where's your brother? He no knew- way. Yes. He,
3: he t- yeah. That you know that doesn't surprise me. What a great story. He when uh, and Chris. He and Chris were you know when we got them. We had Juwan first, and then we got Chris later in trade. And you know we expected them to be boys, boys, and they really. I mean, great teammates, all that, but they weren't tight like that. They didn't sit together on the bus and and stuff like that the one thing you knew and you, you got right away, especially from, from Jawan, Chris was a regular, you know, 20 year old or whatever he was. Jawan was like, he was 40 already. He wore a suit every day. He, uh, to every game, he was respectful. He knew the, the equipment managers, the ball boys, he knew everybody. And I've said for a long time, you know, he, I didn't know, I didn't know that he wanted to even thought to, wanted to coach. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite teammates ever dependable every damn day i mean and you know people get on Juwan about the money he made guess what he was really good he He was was really good double double machine put his ass on that block he played like a big man wasn't crazy
1: athletic but what a what a fantastic human being he's one of my favorites i mean you were a guy in the nba who several seasons averaged nearly 20 points a game i mean you averaged over the course of your career, I was looking at it. I, you, what were you like about 15, 16 points a game? Yeah, something career? like that. By the way, that's hard to do. That's amazing to do that. <laughs> uh, it is. I mean, I look, it's so funny because, again, as kids kind of around that time, we were like, there was Rex Chapman and there was Rex Walters. I don't know how much like, it- crossover you have with right he was a great i don't he was
3: very very good player i get this about three times a a year i'll be in a hotel somewhere and or maybe an elevator and someone will say hey do you talk to adonis much and meaning adonis jordan who was rex walter's roommate at at kansas (laughs) and sometimes i just got i
1: hadn't talked to him in a while i don't really That's so good. You played it perfectly. You played it perfectly. It's so, I mean, we're jumping all over the place here, but like you, I remember, you know, since we've been out of, since we've been out of college and got to know like Matt Jones and Drew Franklin and yeah. the guys from KSR, we've understood how big Kentucky basketball is and how truly how amazing it is. And as we become more fans of the game as the whole, we, we were Michigan fans and all that time, but now we've really understood and become fans of the game. As a, we've done comedy in Bloomington. We went to assembly hall, we went under the stadium and walked around and got to see kind of the nuts and bolts of yeah. it. If you love sports, you gotta love the teams with the most tradition and whatnot And Kentucky without a doubt is that, so for you to be a Kentucky kid, yeah, with all those expectations coming in, and th- they did a great job of highlighting this on the E60 piece. I mm-hmm. highly recommend people watching that on you that just came out or just came out a little while ago. It you, how talk to us about like the the amount of expectations that maybe you didn't even fully understand as a kid, but now that you're part of Kentucky yeah. basketball, can you imagine if a kid like you came out of Kentucky today? You know what I mean? And if you reached today, what that yeah. Would yeah. Be. yeah. Oh, he'd probably end up real fucked up, just like me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: I mean that's pressure. I mean, come on, man. That's the well, other here, side of here, pressure. Did you Here's know? Did you I, understand? I even,
3: yeah. Uh, I and honestly, I didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel any pressure, uh, not real, not any real pressure to play well or to perform. I had that. I had that under control. If I played hard. Hard enough. I, I was going to play well. So that was not the pressure that if I had an off game, I was going to have a good game coming back. Uh, so the, the playing it, itself was and it was just kind of this, uh, the social, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, you know, I went from just like you guys, just like every, all of my buddies. They all, we prayed to grow every night. I measured myself on the door every day in seventh and eighth grade when I get home, just hoping I would grow. And all my friends did. And then it just happened for me. It mm-hmm. happened between, I was 5'7 as a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. I, I came off the bench. I played freshman, JV, and varsity. Uh, two of my best friends are, are were freshmen also. They only played varsity. They started for four years. And then I started. Yeah. And so, but over that summer, I went from five, seven to about six, three Mm -hmm. and, uh, my body was all messed up and gangly and back. I missed games because of my back and my knees. And then, uh, and then I just started coming together athletically. And once I started being able to run and jump, you know, then, you know, everything sort of changed back. Well, it changed everything, but sure. it changed, definitely changed basketball wise. But I I'm telling you until that point in time, and really even maybe later, I never thought about, uh, I, I just thought about playing ball. I just wanted to play ball. I didn't know you made money from doing that. I didn't know anything. Not really. Right. Uh, we didn't the first NBA game I played in or I went to, I
1: played in. I'd never seen an NBA game before. That's unbelievable. So, that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. That was the first yeah, because you're in Kentucky. I mean, we grew up in yeah. St. Louis with no, we had no team. But we what, had nothing. What NBA game are you gonna go? The closest thing you could go to was the Pacers, like Pacers game or a Pacers Bulls. or Hawks. Or Hawks or Pacers or, or Hawks. Yeah. yeah, maybe the
3: Bulls. Yeah. I mean, that's so,
1: why would you do that?
3: Yeah, and my dad coached, so we didn't have time during basketball season to do do much of that. But um yeah, I just uh I didn't think about the any any of the other things that would go along with being, you know, a recognized person. Sure. And and uh, that part of it. And I was always kind of had some social anxiety anyway. Mm -hmm. And. Yeah. So So, just kind of a if he came up now, he'd be like Johnny Menzel, that kid, because that's probably what I'd have been like, you know, I mean. Yeah. Roll by the tail, you do anything, go anywhere, say
1: anything, nobody gives a shit uh, yeah. until you mess up. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you mentioned you mentioned that you were you just go to the racetrack and hang out and, and bet on the horses. Were you going to Keeneland? Yeah. Is that where you Yeah. Back?
3: Well let me backtrack real quick because I got yeah. I got sidetracked for a second. Sure. I didn't give a shit about going to Kentucky. And that that's the, that I didn't like Kentucky basketball growing up. I felt like they were the blue blood school in the state, which they were. Yeah, I was a Louisville fan. I grew up you, near Louisville. Yeah, dude, my I, I spent my childhood wanting to be Daryl Griffith. Uh, I mean, that know, is and you, the were, high and you were there. Would, you were a fan of yeah, like Purvis Ellis, an hour away. Purvis, yeah, Purvis and Purvis and those guys were my friends, and and but Daryl Griffith, he was before, and I just wanted to play like Daryl. I wanted to be like Daryl. He had a gold tooth. I wanted a gold tooth like Daryl. Um, <laughs> Uh, You can still get one. You can still get one. Funny story. I'll send you a picture after we get off of here. I actually did get a gold cap, gold tooth, and took a picture in it one day uh, to show my mom, like i really gotten one. So I'll send that to you after a while. But I wanted to be Daryl. And and Louisville started recruiting me my sophomore year. So – once they did, ah, shoot, it was a wrap. I had told them that, you know, for all intents and purposes, I was going to go to to U, uh, to U ULL after my junior year. And I was perfectly happy with that because I was – Kentucky and Louisville had started playing one another also in recent years, mm-hmm. and I rooted for Louisville every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, you know, the, E-6, the E60 thing, I ended up going to Kentucky – and I I love it. I I wouldn't change a thing. But I didn't feel really any sort of allegiance or pressure when I got here to perform. I would have been, you know, perfectly happy going to, I'm sure, going to Louisville or Carolina, which that was my other school I was thinking about going to. Yeah. But the pressure I I didn't feel it from a basketball standpoint point, but from a social aspect, I certainly did.
1: I mean, you have a pro. That's amazing. I don't think people fully understand if, unless you live in that area, how much Louisville hates Kentucky and, and how vice much. versa. Yeah, so, you know the other thing about that is that
3: it's just a, it's a,
1: anyway. Ah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's a, it's a great point. So wherever you are, so Michigan, Michigan State, same deal. Yeah. If you're North Carolina, Duke, they hate each other the same way. Close in proximity, the, it's divided. It's like you said. You grew up rooting for these guys and this coach and this team. And Kentucky had their players and everyone who's around Lexington. I mean, again, all you need to do is spend some time. We've guest hosted KSR. You understand yeah. who those who the people are who root for that, you know, school and everything. And there, and that's a show that was recorded in Louisville. We we the first time yeah. we did that show, we were doing the improv in Louisville on Fourth Street, which yeah. is closed. But like you know, we're in Louisville where they're like, you're going to do a sports talk radio show. We came in expecting it to be all about the Louisville Cardinals. And we no. walk in, they're like, no, 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 no. No, no, We walked in, we walked in the offices and Denny Crum was in the office. He was doing his own show there. We're like, oh, this is going to be all, Car-. we walk in and it's Matt Jones and Drew Franklin. And not only are they not doing anything Louisville, it's all Kentucky. They were hilarious. I'm sure you've done their show. Oh, no yeah, ever.
3: yeah.
1: They're Dude,
3: it's crazy, um, you know. Purvis, it, kids here growing up, eight, nine, ten years old. You go to any elementary school, ask them who the what the roster of the Kentucky basketball team is. They'll tell you, and they'll tell you where those players are from, what what high school they went to. They they all know who we're recruiting every year. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I, I remember, back go back thirty years. Yeah, I was at at Kentucky in between my freshman and sophomore year. Danny Crum was coach of the USA team, and Purvis and I are on the USA team together. Mm-hmm. The, so we were having practice. I spent the whole summer in Louisville, down, you know, an hour down the road, working out at UofL uh, in Louisville. Me, myself, uh, Purvis, and Kenny Payne. Kenny yeah. Payne uh, was Purvis's teammate there at Louisville yeah. and my buddy, so we basically spent the, the summer together room purvis and i roomed together me purvis and kenny went to the mall in louisville one day now they had just won the title that's right uh, a year or so before the three of us went to oxmoor mall we went in middle of the day i got mobbed i I, i'm just a i'm a kid from we they i just played my freshman year at uk i got mobbed couldn't walk anywhere Ended up probably just signing autographs and all that stuff for 45 minutes while those two guys in Louisville sat
1: over on the side and waited for me to get done. Almost almost nobody bothering them. And, you know, you're 6'3". There are a lot of guys. He's never walking. nervous
3: Pur- Purvis. He's never nervous Purvis. Already won the title. Been the most valuable player in the Final Four. Kenny's 6'8". Uh, Oh, they, they just sat over there, talked to one another. Probably, you know, talked to the girls going by. It was, it was just. There's a difference in the programs, it's it Jerry, and how they're viewed. It's, it's amazing. And I envy that some. Like I, I remember going, gosh darn it, I, I would like to be sitting over there talking
1: to them right now. You know, <laughs> it's so funny because you have the hopes and dreams of all these other people. You carry them whether you know it or not. Yeah, this is what, like big programs. Have you have the hopes and dreams of an entire nation of fans that maybe expand outside the state in every, other places? That's what we feel as Michigan fans. Like we like, know, like Michigan football and now Michigan basketball. That like there is this thing where you know it's 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 on the players' shoulders yeah. whether they know it or not. And I know you know this day and age with social media oh, and with and with recruiting sites like twenty four seven and this and that. Like people know. You talk yeah. about knowing what high school you go to. People know what star their athletes are, and are they three stars? Are they four stars? Are they five stars? Who are we recruiting? Is this a one and done? All yeah. the like recruiting talk regular people have access to now. It's like, you know, it's yeah, like- I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. So I'm sure you're dealing with a much more knowledgeable fan base. But it is – it's amazing that even back then, pre-social media, pre-all yeah, that yeah. stuff, you were a – you kind of rose to folk hero status as a young kid who didn't even feel that connected to Kentucky. Yeah, I know. You it's weird. playing there. Um, and then you left after your sophomore year.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. You left after your sophomore year, went to the NBA, and 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 literally had a good NBA career. People yeah. don't realize, like – great players we were t- I was listening to a thing about Nick Stauskis great player he was player, yeah, really good player player of the year in the Big 10 his sophomore year and then he goes he goes to the league and you know plays for five different teams he Trey Burke year. think about Trey Burke national player of the year from Michigan and he's a and we think he's a good player and he's he's played but he's bounced around he's now back on the Mavericks again he's kicked around the league so to have people don't understand if you have a career that spans twelve years in the NBA, which I believe mm-hmm. you were like twelve yeah, or thirteen. Twelve, yep. Yeah. Twelve. That's that's unbelievable. I think people can't don't understand that the funnel gets smaller. You know what I mean? Like high school, yeah. there's got a lot. It's it's up here, and then college. You know the funnel smaller, and the amount of people who can play pro basketball and to play yeah. it for that long. You've had you had some great moments in the NBA. Yeah. That, that's unbelievable. I mean, I, I hope you can, and, and you do appreciate Yeah, that. I do. I absolutely do. I think what what most players, I, I was lucky
3: in that, you know, if, if I came out of high school right now, I, I couldn't have come out after my freshman year. I weighed 165 pounds. I mean, <laughs> I weighed 160 when I got to Kentucky. By the time I finished my sophomore year, you know, I was 175 maybe, I guess. But I was stronger all of that the one thing that it's never been easier to go to the nba than it is right now mm-hmm. the goal is not to go the goal is to stay and you can't you know coming out okay so you're going to be the 19th pick or whatever it is you you average 6 points on your team 6 points and 3 rebounds and they at some point i mean and I, it does work out for guys i'm just saying i think what's What's happened? More and more people don't understand how good these fucking guys are. Yeah, these guys are good, man. I shot forty. I'm, I'm sorry, thirty five percent for uh, maybe thirty percent. My first month in the NBA, I didn't have enough. I didn't. I hadn't had as many reps as those guys shooting yeah. jump shots day after. They went four years of college. I went two, and they're already in the NBA playing. So I was playing catch up, man. Mm-hmm. I was just lucky that. Athletically, I could keep up. Right. I could keep up, and I could sort of find my way. Right. Um, and you know, I was competitive and motivated enough to not fail. You know, I was going to put in the work. Um, but I, I think now, it's just different. It's just different now. And you know, you wouldn't come out back in the day unless you were going to be a top five or ten pick, and that, right. and you know, that had to you'd also had a good body of work against other quality players to, to judge from. You know, right. shit, when I was playing in my conference, Vernon Maxwell, you know, uh, <laughs> Vernon played forever. Willie Anderson. Yep. Um, I, when I was in college, you know, guys who were seniors, seniors in college, my sophomore year were Danny Mang, yeah. you know, Rick Smith. Yep. real fucking players, man. Mitch Richmond, Hersey yep. Hawkins. Yeah, I mean, those guys played for fifteen years. So, guys now going into hot, going into college, they don't play against competition like that. They're the best. I can't imagine going. And I came to Kentucky. I didn't think I. I was hoping they would redshirt me when I got here for real because yeah. I, I. I mean, I was small and thin. Yep. I. I could lift the bar in the forty-five pound <laughs> bar. I like could <laughs> 45 pounds for real. Yeah. 45 well, I, pounds. And so I was just happy they weren't going to red shirt me, but I certainly didn't think I would play very much. Then we started playing. I, I, I could, I could keep up, but man, it, it, it's different now. I can't imagine going into, you know, a Tucky or a Duke or Michigan or whatever. And right away from the second you step on campus, you know you're a starter and gonna play 35 minutes. I mean, man, that's I, I, I and you probably should because nobody else is any good. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. they're any good, they're playing in the NBA.
1: They're gone. They're yeah, if they're good, they're gone. If they're good, they're yeah. And I wanna know your thoughts on this because we certainly, I've heard both sides of this coin now this notion that like the G League is sort of becoming the option for the top like 15 recruits, like, you know, Hey, we're skipping college altogether. We're just going to go make money in the G League. They're starting to make more money and that's the option. And it's sort of lopping off the very top. And then is that better for college that those guys are just not even going to see the college court or is it worse?
3: I think worse. I mean, if we're talking about for college, I mean, I don't, I'm worried about what the college landscape is going to be. I'm worried that, you know, for lack of a better analogy, her, you know, I'm, I'm worried that D one basketball is going to become D two basketball. And I love D two basketball. Don't get me wrong. My dad coached it for 25 years. One time D two basketball is fucking great. But if the, if guys who are, aren't elite don't touch college campuses i think that's not and again let's not let's not get it twisted these guys are not ready to go on and play against grown men uh uh when kobe came out he was terrible when when uh kg came out he was terrible you couldn't put him on the floor they put kg on the floor to guard me as a two his first year and i ran him around like crazy had no idea what he was doing now, a year later, he's starting to get pretty good. Jermaine O'Neal was terrible as a yeah. 17, 18, 19-year-old in Portland. LeBron was pretty good. Yeah. you know. Uh, Moses Malone, pretty good.
1: That's right. But
3: those guys don't, you know, they're they generation. just don't. They're generational. They're generational. And it, it's just hard. I, when I think about, honestly, when I think about going from a high school kid uh Seventeen, eighteen. if I'd have gone and played in the G League and we're playing in shitty little towns mm-hmm. and riding buses and doing all that and I'm getting my ass kicked by journeyman guys mm-hmm. who've been in Europe, been in America, they're hungry. They got kids and guess what? I know because it was a little bit that way when I got in the league, man. You think those guys are going to help that kid out? No, the guys on that team on that bus are they truly gonna help i mean yeah maybe some who aren't a threat but other guys that i i don't it it possibly could have broken me you know i don't know if i'd have been able to fight through other stuff you know if i don't have other young people there with me to, to go through that stuff with me um and same applies to going overseas. I, however, I do think that's probably a better option for these kids to go overseas and and to figure it out and yeah. you know, grow up a little for a year or so. Competition's probably not going to be as tough. The G League competition
1: is pretty damn good. Yeah. yeah, you got got. I mean, again, you see the best of the best of college basketball who didn't make it into the league. I mean, these are guys who are like. Yeah. Do
3: you want if you, if you're if you're an elite point guard? In high school, do you really want to go your first year and knock heads against uh, uh, the guy you just mentioned from Michigan? Trey, uh, Trey what's his name? Trey Burke. Trey Burke. You want to knock heads with him every day? Dude's played in the Final Four. He's been playing for the last – he's – compared to you, he's fucking great. That's right. And, you know, so – yeah, I mean, come on man, and he's still he's not with 25, can't be more than 25.
1: That's right. He's a young I mean, dude. Shit. You he's, better be really good and really under, mature. He's under 30 and he knows all the yeah. tricks. It's what you were saying, he knows all the tricks. Yeah. It's dude, it's it's fascinating. So what what is your take on like the image and likeness stuff? The the fact that maybe some of these kids can reap the benefits a little bit financially i'm not talking about a lot but i'm talking you know fifty thousand dollars to a family that's struggling that you didn't expect was going to have that's a lifeline for a whole year and that's just a kid's jersey do you think that that is a positive thing for players in college you know in theory i
3: like it i i didn't realize growing up or when i i didn't realize that the second you sign to go to a school, you you sign away your image and likeness forever. forever. Uh, um, forever. I, I none none of us knew none of us knew any of that. I mean, you just do that was that was the protocol. You go to high school, you go to college, it's what you do, you blah blah blah. So um, and I know shit, they sold tons of I Love Rex gear when I was in school. I never saw any of that. It probably would have been great. Um yeah. the and I and I like and I do want. I want it to be handled. I, I like that you know guys going, of course, going to a program like this or Duke, there's gonna you know be extra uh, opportunities, I'm sure, autographs. and the the and I like that. I like that for guys as long as it's you know all done within a team, you know kind of concept. yeah, and I think there's there are ways to do that. I don't want guys, you know f- flaunting wealth on college campuses. However, the kids at the sororities and fraternities do it. So I don't know why that would be any different, but that's another, for another time. Um, Well, but here's, here's the flip side of that is I think back and we all use college as a stepping stone, you know, to get to this place. And I think back 17, 18, 19 year old me, if I could have gone and you know, pretty much bought whatever I wanted to buy, do whatever I wanted to do when I was in college, I'm not so sure it wouldn't have de-incentivized becoming a great player mm. mm-hmm. and might've de-incentivized my hunger Yeah. Uh, to, and, and that's the, you know, I look, I'm, I'm for guys owning their own image and likeness. I'm for that. That's very easy to be for, but um, you know, I, I do, I, I'm, I'm concerned
1: about college hoops. So here's, this is our thing. We've said it on the show and I'm curious yeah. to hear your, this is my theory. Yeah. Of what it should be, I think whatever the sport generates in terms of money for the school, football does more because you can put more people in a football right. stand. And by the way, Kentucky football getting better. Getting oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they make,
3: I, I believe they make more money here than basketball. I mean, just because, it's football. It because yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's football. Yeah. SEC football. And we and make
1: bowls, so, and yeah, more people have right. chance and everything. Right. So, but you have more players seventy guys on a 55, right. 60 guys on a team. Whereas basketball is smaller. So, whatever percentage you make for the university, there's a cut of that. That goes toward the players and it goes into an escrow account that you get when you leave the school. So you don't get it now. You get it when you leave the school. Now, if you graduate, you get more of that pie. So there's incentive for the guy who's on the bubble who maybe is not sure if he should go to the NBA. You're like, all right, if I stay one more year, I get my degree and I get that full share of the money that was done there. And, And it's also earning money. You're not right. just putting it in a stuffing it under a mattress. It's yeah. like managed by hopefully correct people. And then yes. you, you earn money so that you get a little gift when you leave the school for what you were able to put into the school. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, uh, uh,
3: talking about football, uh, no, that, that's fantastic. I, I love the idea. Football. Let's not get it twisted. You know, these guys, if you play four years of college football, you're getting CTE just like the NFL guys are. I mean, yeah. come on, man. So, uh, yeah. for football, it's even different. You know, yeah. I, I, um, I, I'm i all for, <laughs> you know, look, man, we see it happen every weekend in football. Guy out with forever with a knee. And they don't have insurance. And they don't have, you know, this is going to be a lifetime of shit for them with this yeah. blown-out knee. And now, you know, they were just a, you know, a marginal offensive lineman. Or whatever for four years, five years, probably. Right, right, <laughs> and uh, and then they're going to live with that knee for the rest of their life. And so, yeah, there's something has something has to be done along those lines. And I would prefer the NCAA get ahead of that before they get too far
1: behind. I think that's a great call. All right, let's let's talk about the NBA, yeah. and then I'm going to talk about what you're doing now. So okay. NBA season, first of all, I have to say the NBA as a league compared to all the other professional sports league, it's my favorite. It's the most, most nimble yep. the most nimble, the the most socially conscious. When the NBA pulled the All-Star game out of Charlotte because of yeah. the the mm-hmm. shitty bathroom laws where they were like targeting trans people, I was like yeah. way to go NBA. Good job. And yeah. Everybody who's part of the NBA should be proud of your league for doing that, for making that move. And by the way, we were in Charlotte at the comedy zone a couple months before and there were little signs on all the street lamps saying, we got the all-star game. Well, no, you don't. Not if you don't make the change. So I love that that's what it is. Do you, what do you think about, are they gonna be able to pull off this sort of like NBA bubble bubble and finish this season out? How do you think it's gonna go down? I I, I hope so. And I I
3: do wanna say I'm proud of, of my league. I'm proud of the NBA. I'm with you. I think we've always, we're not perfect, but uh, we are so, socially, socially, conscious consciously, consciously, and um, you know, I, I'm proud of how we shoot. We we when Rudy Gobert got sick. Yep. When those we pulled players off, immediately shut everything down, and everybody else followed suit. That's Baseball, right. football, right. the government, everybody followed mm-hmm. suit, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm proud. Uh, of that and how we've handled it. I'm also proud that we, we spent a hell of a lot of money in, in this bubble, man. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the other day that they had zero tests uh, positive, test yes, positive. positive yep. after whatever it was, two weeks, 10 days in that bubble, I was like, all right, look, we, we're continuing to do things here. It can be done. Mm-hmm. It's, gonna take, it's gonna take a hell of an effort Uh, but we're all in this thing together. Right. So I'm optimistic uh, given, given that I also still, I hope the guys are going to be in good enough shape to play quality basketball. Yeah. When you, you, you know how it is sitting around for two or three months and you can't run up and down a basketball court. These are not wind up toys. These guys are not wind up toys. It's going to take some, I, I, when you go from not playing, think about guys having to play playoff, tight basketball in the preseason Mm -hmm. making that extra cut that extra effort i worry about injury sure i worry about uh and then bigger than that you know it's a predominantly black league yep and we know black and brown communities are affected way disproportionately with COVID. um these guys their families. We've had some, a couple players in the league lose family members yep. uh, to this older family members. I worry about it from that standpoint. You know, um, I, I'm hopeful that we're going to keep the, you know, the coronavirus at bay while we're in that bubble, but also that's going to, it's a virus, guys. Come on. Yeah. It's not a bubble. That's
1: Come right. on. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Not, not a biodome. Not a, right, right.
3: It, it, so, yeah, I, But in talking to, you know, different guys around the league that their teams are there, I think, honestly, if everybody has eight players, by the end of it, I think it'll continue. You can play. You (laughs) can. I I mean, I think as long as that, what's going to suck, though, is like if we get into it, the playoffs are going, and. And LeBron tests positive. That's right. right. And he's got, I mean, come on, what? Or, you know, or Kawhi, or whoever Kawhi it is. or whatever. whatever. Yeah. Lou Will off the bench. It's, it's yeah. just going to, I just, I, I'm, and then the other part, I don't know how they're going to do this, guys. And, you know, you've sat down on the floor at NBA games with no fans in the stands. I know. You're going to hear everything these guys say every time the whistle's blown every everything everything i like and it's it. gonna be bul- so- i do too it's gonna I be love vulgar it. it's gonna i do too uh but <laughs> some of the stuff's
1: pretty bad so yeah. what <laughs> <you> <laughs> you and hilarious on. you and hilarious. hilarious now you put it on delay. You have an eight, you have a five second yeah, delay. No, that's, yeah. 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 i delay and someone's it's like anything. Someone's sitting there with a button and they either get it or they don't. And they try to me, I want to hear what to me, the best moment is when, but
3: the thing is there's going to be, there's going to be home homophobic stuff I said know, in exactly. the spur of the moment. It's going yeah. to be right. Ra- not really racial stuff, but the N word is going to be said all the time. Yeah. The whole game. Cause you know, I mean, it just is, it just is, um, uh, it's a there's a, just a lot of stuff that we're uh, gonna you, have to you right? been there
1: you've been there you know what you know and what it's hilarious
3: doing. i i love it i love nothing more than guys just shit talking one another well, yeah. what else are you gonna do you're playing basketball nobody means any of it you're uh, just but it's i'm looking forward to it and i hope so we
1: can I, pull it as off. a fan
3: i want to hear what
1: i want to hear what patrick beverly is saying to whoever he's checking up i'm like I want to hear how he gets into someone's head it's it's got to be amazing. The other
3: thing that I think guys that I that I'm when I, when I think about this I think about myself going and playing it would be hard to especially when you're used to a crowd and guys like LeBron and, and those guys who've played in front of crowds forever now when you go into a gym and there's nobody in there I, it feels like a scrimmage and it feels like a practice and you know i worry about a bad call and a guy just booting the the you know, punting the ball into the stands and just being like ah oh, fuck this and yeah. walking off the court you know yeah. because that now hopefully they've had this schooling while they've been there to know to be like guys listen this is important read it like you a real can't book. yes you cannot if you do there's serious repercussions that but, yeah, I, I worry about how, yeah, uh, you know, how guys are going to interact with officials and stuff.
1: Uh, they should treat it like that. From They should treat it like, can you hear me, man? Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me? Yep. They should treat it like the scrimmage from The Last Dance between Jordan and Magic and treat it like the heat from yeah. that thing. Because there was good right. trash talk in that. The level of competition was above the rim and it was above the level of a normal scrimmage it felt like a real game you know they should dig into those things I and i think there's, there's real stuff on the line i mean the the crazy thing is this season was going to line up to be amazing you were looking at the lakers and the clippers as you know west yeah western comp, potential western conference finals and then you and again you're looking at toronto and milwaukee in the east mm-hmm. and that would have been amazing that just you you think about those teams and you think about those players and the NBA has stars on so many teams right now that think about, yeah. think about Joel Embiid on the Sixers and like just with a guy like that you always have a shot don't sleep on the Celtics, Celtics. Don't, don't sleep Celtics. on the
3: Celtics we won't young team you know who's going to be a different player when he comes back who Gordon Hayward yeah
1: I know man that guy's a
3: dude man. dude he was getting it back now he's now he's on the same footing with everybody else. And that don't dude,
1: sleep on the Celtics, man. I watched a game with Gordon Hayward and he would have like at the beginning of this season, when he was coming back, he would have one great game and then three yep. bad games. But I saw a great game that he had. And I'm like, no one can check this guy. And with yeah. Brad Stevens, you know, ball. Tatum,
3: movement, the Tatum Brown, Kimba. Come on. Those guys are a nightmare. They yeah. just, they need a big, they need a big, but if you, if, if a, that's a team that that this pandemic, you know, this whole thing is probably, you know, could ultimately basketball wise end up benefiting because nobody wants to have to uh, gear your defenses for four different guys you've got to stop right now, and they're both, they're all 27 and younger. It's Man, that's yeah,
1: it's incredible. All right, lastly, yeah. and lastly, let's move to kind of what you're doing right now. In addition to doing. Color stuff, pregame stuff for Kentucky, which I I just love that they welcomed you back (laughs) into the fold. Me too. I mean, you've had you've had an unbelievable life. You know, you you got injured, and Mm -hmm. like so many people suffered, you know, debilitating injuries, and then went into. You know, ho- oxy, you know, oxy. You know, oxycodone, hydrocodone, dependence on opioids, which is like a ridiculously huge problem in our country right now. And we've had people in our family that have have yeah. suffered from that, and so we've seen it firsthand how difficult that can be. And so, you know, and it and it ruined your life because you were a pub, yeah. you were a public person. NBA was like giving you chances, and they outlined it really well yeah. in the sixty piece. No, if your if your life was a basketball game, you had a decent first quarter. Your second quarter was insane. You came out in the second half and life <laughs> had a run. They, they you had a yeah,
3: run. I, I came out in the second half, pulled my pants down, and shit right in the middle of the floor. That's
1: right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the fact,
3: the fact like, that you get it.
1: but then they get it Listen, I love it. You're, here's the deal: you are our friend now. Now that we've done this, yeah. I mean, we love you and love everything that you've done recently. But I will say this: when you got busted for stealing oh. merchandise from an yeah. Apple store, I'm going to tell you the joke that we made, and I know you're going to
3: laugh. <laughs> I can't wait.
1: Our hey, joke no. okay. was it was amazing. It That's what. It it was the most steals he's ever gotten. So, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't known for that anyway. But yeah. uh, how was it? And like, and so it's just we crazy. said he should credit you. You should get fourteen. That's steals right. That's right. right.
3: My my anticip my anticipation got better over time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: yeah. You read but, the defense, and you read, I read, the, the, defense. <laughs> you read the defense. Yeah, yeah. Saw what they were the giving store, you. The, and you store
3: was open. Yeah. the sure. door was open. Yeah, door was <laughs> open.
1: You that's, went back door. I saw went back Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that you can actually, laugh at no,
3: that. Actually, I went front door. Front went, door. I went front door, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Right through <laughs> the line. What a but fucking ass!
1: Isn't that that's so terrible? Oh, God. But it's, so we're great. terrible. We're terrible. No, I, it's,
3: it's so great. But, like, you gotta laugh at it though.
1: There's, like I said, there was a moment in the (laughs) ecosystem that really, to me, was amazing. And you described going into rehab the third time, walking in, getting to your bed, which you shared a room with someone, laying down and looking up at the ceiling and saying something to the effect of, This is where I need to be right now. This is exactly where I need to be. And, it's so funny as an athlete, you're like, all right, I got to run these wind sprints one more time. But in your heart, you're like, this is what I have to do. If I want to be that next guy, I need you, you. You're dying inside. You can't breathe. But you're like, I'm going to get to that end of the court and come back and do these suicides because it's going to make me a better person. And and that athlete thing probably kicked in at that moment for you. You know, it's a that's
3: a very interesting and, and good way to to put it and look at it. I think the, the thing I didn't anticipate was getting into that room. Cause I'd been in rehab be- before and rehab fucking sucks.
1: You got to want it. Um, you got to, want yeah, it. yeah.
3: And it just sucks, man. And so, um, I got in there and I, for, for a good, you know, 12, 13, 14 years, I mean, I had the same, same little thought every night when I'd get up to take a piss, I'd wake up and I'd go, go in, take a piss, half asleep going. My life's never going to be worth a shit. Yeah. Never. And, and I was so, I, I, I was I was so tired of it. But when I got into that room and got in the bed, now listen, already now I, I'm I'm on the news. I know what's going on. Probably guys like you fucking assholes are telling jokes about me. I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. No, but, but I no 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 no. It's great. And so I um, uh, <laughs> what I didn't answer, what I didn't anticipate was. Getting in that room because I definitely didn't want to be going back to rehab. I met my kids. That was the thing. I had two still in, in high school, uh, one in one in middle school. Sorry, Jesus Christ. So that's where I'm at um, right now, that's where I'm at right so, now. Yeah, dude, and so yeah, and I I wanted back home as soon as I you know I, what I didn't anticipate was getting into that room and go having that feeling like okay the pressure's off. People now know I'm, I am fucked up, you know, and I, I, there's been this sort of all American kind of, I'm not that guy. I've never been that guy. Right. But there was sort of this pressure that was off to having to live up to what other people's sort of what I thought other people's view of me was. And so, yeah, that's all. Which, by the way,
1: which, by the way, that basis and that coming from sort of Difficulty, adversity, and then turning it into something else is oftentimes the basis of comedy, and the basis of, and it's why I think, I think <laughs> create is. something like Block versus Charge, A Block right? or Charge, yeah, Block or Charge, which I think is among <laughs> is among the best, most the best created recurring segments in TV or internet follow rex chapman follow you on twitter (laughs) on twitter and even just the simple things of dogs bro that that you've posted some dogs well
3: you know guys i you know i while i was sleeping on friends couches we were we were developing focus groups to put together (laughs) what was going to be the next big thing (laughs) (laughs) no no one knows blocker
1: charge charge is (laughs) genius i do it all the time (laughs) I it's mean, it's the like, dumbest
3: thing ever. I do it too. Yeah. I'll be, I'll see two people walk into each other, and and I immediately go, block oh, she's there first. But yeah, to yeah. me, <laughs> other, yeah, but she was she <laughs> was, was outside
1: the me. circle. <laughs> her feet were her feet were planted like the when the elephant hits the woman, and she. You're That's like so great. repeater feet are planted. The great, it's, the greatest
3: part, the greatest part about that really too is that is that um, I. I do that we do a stupid show on uh, Adult Swim um, yeah. you know uh streaming and I do it with uh my buddy from we went to kindergarten together he's a lawyer he we grew, grew up high school college all that we live in the same town and he's the one actually his his home his the guy he went to fraternity brothers in college at Rollins he's been at Adult Swim for the last 20 years it's his connection That's and great. so we 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 do this stupid thing, you know, thirty minutes live every Thursday. And it's it's just, you know, it's it's not the videos. It's just the talking and the banter of Best. people who know and love one another. Right? I love it. Yeah. I love it so yeah. much.
1: But don't the idea so there are many things in sports. This is and why I would, we love it so much. This, let's do this random, we'll take a break and come. Okay. Out. Yeah. There are many you're there are many things in sports that are like blocker charge is such an important – it's like calling holding on the offensive line. You could do it every time. You- it's such a terrible call. I hate it. I want it out of the sport. But anyway. You could call it on every play, but it is <laughs> one of those time. things that – or a referee spot of the ball. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, I saw one thing – the NBA did a great commercial years ago when people were like, hey, the NBA is coming back. It's really exciting. They showed – they showed someone crossing the street or like someone crossing the street and then a car going around the person crossing the street. They shot it from above and then they diagrammed it. Like it was the perfect pick pick to allow the car to go around. And it's like, we can't wait for the NBA to come back. It's great. Those things exist in life. And it's kind of a similar idea or concept to what you're doing. And I just love that. Like, this thing. And again, I'll go back to the dog's brought You posted yeah. a video of, the, of a dog. There was a dog down in like a drainage ditch and another dog up top and Helping the dog it up. down below and helped it come up. I was having a shitty day. I don't know what I was doing, but I was like so mad about something and I would maybe i got to fight with my kids or whatever. I saw mm-hmm. that video and it was you and you posted it. And I was yeah. like, and I remember I commented on it. I I was like, "This is everything right now. Like, right. Why can't, this right here gives me hope for the world. An animal helping another animal. How I did know. this animal know to do this? It's that is the spirit of what you are putting forth out into the universe, wow. and it's why yeah. we love it so much. So, well, thank thanks.
3: You. But it's other it's other people's videos. They send them to me. I post them. I mean, I'm not doing anything special. I do. I will say this. I know that there are two or three times a day." that I'll see something. I'll go in. My son lives here. He's 27. I'll go in. We'll watch it. We'll laugh or maybe cry for a couple minutes. Just something sweet. You know, he, he has three younger sisters, my daughter. And, um, you know, so it, it, I think right now people are scared, man. People are scared about what's oh, going yeah. on. And if you can, you can take their mind off of it or, and look, that can helps me, man. I'm, you know, it keeps me busy, keeps me active. And it's, You know, it's not spending money at the racetrack or, or, or taking drugs.
1: (laughs) And and it's caught on. And I think people's, it's so funny that you say that that's never, that never comes out in what you're doing, but to know that that's underneath it. And we all need that thing, that it's a productive way to, to spend your time. That comes out what, for whatever reason that it's keeping you away from doing something, it it comes out that there's a love in it. And that's the Thanks. way we've always guided what everything that we've done. Yeah. Even yeah. even making fun of you when you stole That's Good. Hey, I deserve being made fun of, man. There was love. But there you. was love in it as well because we loved you. <laughs> All right, let's, let's take even a quick... the joke we made, even the joke we made was about. No, it was flattering. It, it was flattering your stats. Yes, that's Adding right. Trying See? trying to make me better. We okay. weren't saying, look at this guy, he's a loser. We were saying, look, this guy is loser. <laughs> He's <laughs> his
3: all right, so uh, I can't believe it was me. Uh. It was.
1: Listen, no, listen. We were making a sabermetric joke. So, I get it. All right, so let's take a break, and when we come back, we have three quick stories. We, we we've gone way over in time with you because you're just such a fascinating and awesome dude. Sure. And I'm gonna say this: the if we are ever in Lexington again or doing comedy around there. And there's a Thursday where we can come and do and hang with you guys and do oh a that and charge. and
3: and, and in fact let's mark this down now let's just do a, a we we've, we've done a couple of these I did one with my daughter not long ago let's do a Zoom blocker chat Anytime.
1: and we we'll, right. and it will be oh, a blast yeah. you, you got us all right let's take yeah. a break we'll take a break we we'll come back more with the great Rex Chapman don't call him Rex Walters we'll be back right after this. <laughs>
2: 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities on most VZ 5G devices. Monthly per line pricing with five plus lines on biz unlimited start. Device payment, smartphone purchase. Auto pay and paper free billing required. Terms apply. Support for this podcast comes from WGU. Do you want a more skilled and effective workforce? Do you want to build loyalty and increase employee retention? A partnership with Western Governors University could be exactly what you need. Over 300 organizations nationwide already count on WGU for valuable education benefits that lead to better prepared and more capable workers. With more than 60 accredited bachelor's and master's programs to choose from and shorter credential programs coming soon, WGU has long been a leader in making quality higher education more accessible. Flexible online learning is the key. Students can fit schooling around their existing schedules and even complete courses and degrees sooner than planned. WGU makes earning a respected degree possible with just a computer and an internet connection. Partner with WGU today to make a smart investment in your company's and employee's future. Learn more at wgu.edu partnerships. That's wgu.edu partnerships.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh we want to remind people we're doing a live Dumb People Town. Uh, and that is coming up on August 15th, and that is selling out. It's gonna be Nowhere Comedy Club. Go there. Uh eventbrite.com and, and our guest is Jim Gaffigan. So it's gonna be huge and we oh, love it. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, check that out. Check out Rex's uh just follow him on social media. He's amazing. Rex Chapman on on Twitter, correct? Is that yep, that's it. Uh, that's it. I just yeah. follow you. I don't read it. I don't read the the name, but it's just yeah. Rex Burton on Twitter. Follow him. It's really one of the the funniest, best sports comedy uh, Twitter feeds out there. Uh, and and then you'll kind of know what he's up to uh, across the board. And watch streaming on uh, on Adult Swim uh, Blocker Charge. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Let's get into some quickets because uh, I do want to hear you, have your opinion on this. Uh, you know, obviously, Deshaun Jackson came out with the anti-Semitic stuff, and then Steven Jackson doubled down behind him. Uh, so Deshaun Jackson, Steven Jackson, Latoya Jackson, Tito Jackson, and Jermaine, is that the new Jackson Five? Yeah. Uh, that would be great. And then Barkley came out, which I don't know, you know mm-hmm. how much you know Barkley. I saw it very uh, much, yeah. I love what Barkley had to say. And look, yeah. as, as Jews we're just gonna say this, now is not the time, certainly on this side of the debate, mm-hmm for you, for people to be attacking other people on this side of the debate. This is the time, there are a lot of Jews who are standing shoulder to shoulder in BLM marches. There were Jews, there's a rabbi. If you wanna go ahead and look at the photo of all the people who were arrested down in Selma, there's a rabbi in there. There's, there are Jews who wanna stand, and we are two of those Jews who stand for the cause of equality for everyone. That's why it makes me upset when Deshaun Jackson says that, and then Steven Jackson says that and Nick Cannon says that. And then when Charles Barkley comes out and is like, hey, man, let's he echoes what I just said. Steven Jackson comes back in him. I just want your your thoughts on that at all. Uh, you know,
3: obviously what uh, Deshaun said, Stevie following up. It, it's 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 not learned. Mm-hmm. It, it's not it's not a uh, it doesn't it's not coming from a, a, a place of a real true understanding and history as Stevie was my rookie in Phoenix so I I go way back with him very disappointed in what they had to say you're not as bad as your worst moment so hopefully they're going to learn from it if if you learn from it you're not as bad as your worst worst moment I was I was disappointed I appreciated what Chuck said for context I knew one growing up in Kentucky I knew one Jewish person, Mike Liebman. I met him in the fourth grade. Thought he was the funniest kid I've ever met. Um, Came home one day from school. My my mom said, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm going down to the Liebman's house." She said, "Oh, little Jewish family." "The Jewish family," and I said, "Yeah." And she said, "Little, "Little Jewish kid," and I said, "Yeah." And and she goes, "Okay, see you in a little while." I came back home and. I said, Jewish, I said, why would you tell me that? She said, well, they're, they're, I I still didn't get it. Right. I had no idea. We were just two little white kids, you know, I uh, thought he was hilarious. I want to spend every day with him. So that was my only Jewish friend. I got to the NBA signed with David Falk and uh, um, first Christ very first holiday, Christmas, call him up, David, Merry Christmas. And he said... <laughs> Right, you know, I'm Jewish. I said, yeah. Merry Christmas. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no. I had no idea at all. Man. I'm a I'm a white person. I'm very privileged. I've never been discriminated against. Um, I think for many people who, who have been oppressed, it, it's hard for them to see the oppression in others. Maybe. That's and so. And so I think it just comes from a place of lack of a better term uh, of uh, I want to say ignorance because it's just not not being well enough read on the particular thing that you're speaking on. And that's the most important thing. And look, we can go to Drew Brees right now. We can go to any number of, of guys across the spectrum. And I would just say again, you're not as bad as your worst moment if you learn from it and and hopefully that's what's going to take place from all the way around.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because we talked about that on this podcast and said, you know, Drew you're you're a better person than that. You're the quarterback of your yeah. team and you have to understand the thing that the thing that that
3: that part that just it, I, I I was less surprised about Deshaun and 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 kind of that stance. I don't know why but I was at, and I think just because you know hell, Drew you have come up playing with guys forever I also know that a, a football locker room is not comprised like a basketball locker room is. Mm-hmm. and and so there I give them that 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 little out
1: yeah I mean it's it's interesting we're getting a window into all of that right now and as these issues are coming more to the floor I think it's a better time as we are evolving evolution hurts Yes. sing up to the it things are not right, it hurts. It's like mo- you're gonna you're gonna move a big piece of furniture across the floor. You're gonna get some scratches. It's just gonna hurt. But you know what bothers what what kills me. I'm with you. What what
3: gets me is you know that I was so proud when I I was, I was so proud coming growing up in Kentucky that that the United States elected a black president. Yep. Um, what I, I was shocked with was how many people. Uh, looking back we're angry about it and there's been a big swing back the other way i think probably expected maybe not this expected but what i'll say to that is you know look come on guys to to deny racism you know which is what some people are doing right now to deny that um sex Racism wasn't over when Barack Obama was elected. Sexism wouldn't have been over if Hillary Clinton would have been elected. Your marriage, as soon as you
1: get married, you gotta keep working at that fucking shit or it's gonna fall apart. That's so right. it's all a fucking process, right? So true. And and you know, maybe enough people in Steven Jackson's life and maybe it's Barkley calling him and being like, yeah. hey man, the, for us, we were like excited that Deshaun- oh, was- Next time I see him, I, believe me, you know? I, that's that's
3: our role. That's our role as as older mentors, guys that that you know know one another. It's our role in life. If you can't be honest with you know your with your brothers
1: and sisters, then come on, what are we doing? That's that's great to hear. All right, Jay, what's next? Yeah. So next uh, we got the Jeremy Roenick thing, uh, which that is you know kind of an interesting thing. So we remember, I'm sure you're aware of this. Uh, Jeremy Roenick on a podcast spitting chiclets, which I don't know what his Necessary. I don't know what the mood was in that podcast when he started doing it, but he started telling a story about his wife and a coworker in a hot tub, and they were looking hot, and he's kind of, you know, I, I think it was generally, I guess, innocent, but in some ways there was like insinuation they want to have a threesome, and he was like calling out a coworker like within that thing. And she apparently at the time, maybe it was like fun as they were doing it, but you gotta kind of have an awareness of the world around us before you, may, you might tell that story to some friends, but I don't know if you wanna put that on on a podcast that lives forever with that. Well, so he got fired from NBC and now he's saying it's because he's great, because, so it's discrimination against the strength. <laughs> stri- <The> stri- <laughs> Because Tara Lipinski and uh, and Johnny, yeah, is it Johnny Weir? Yeah, yeah. kind of did a slightly off-color sketch and like or something like that and something, and they're not being penalized for it. Uh, interesting take. I want. I mean, I don't know what you say to a guy like this, except, hey, that you can't take your mistake and be like, but what about that guy? But what about that guy? What about that But guy?
3: that's what that's what's going on in America right now. What about right.
1: her emails? But what about the uh, and I, what about, you know, I shut down the border.
3: You know, and yeah. it's just it, 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 it if, if there's a time I'll say this, if there's a time for Jerry and me to do it, it's right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you no. Know, while he's white. Yeah. While that's a good thing to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, great. go ahead and go ahead and get it in. I mean, what a, I, I I, I know Jeremy a little bit. We played. We were in Phoenix together. Yeah. He was playing for the Coyotes. I was playing. So we played golf together. Uh, I, I I I hate when anybody loses their job. But man, you can't. You got it. Charles Barkley could get. Charles Barkley can't get away with doing that. No. I mean. <laughs> I
1: mean. No. Not it, that one. It's so funny. Read you have to be aware of how lucky you are that you are employed after your sport in the sport that's it what he said yes you i mean and who appreciates it more than you i mean i feel like i mean
3: i I like being edgy and kind of coloring outside the line says that that, because pushes the envelope a little bit makes it a little more funny we all get that but man there are lines
1: there are lines well and it's so funny because you brought up Barkley's, you know, we brought up Barkley in the story before. I think Barkley does it so well. And the reason mm-hmm. Barkley does it so well is we're all sitting here... It, it, there's a very thin line so we all sit and watch the NBA on TNT I know you do too because you're like what's Barkley going to say Barkley's going to yeah. turn around and, and, and be like the San Antonio Spurs suck yeah. and you're like wait a minute they're so good I don't want to hear this bullshit <laughs> he's going to say what he says and he's going to say that they're yeah, he'll say, he'll be like Brooke and Robin Lopez are the two best players in the history of the NBA and you're like <laughs> how are you making this claim but again if you listening. Because you want to hear what he has to say, but you're never worried like your drunk racist uncle at right. at Thanksgiving. Like if he yeah. has too much, he's gonna say something that's gonna yeah. make it. I'm never worried about that with Barkley. I'm no. always like he may say something that might provoke people and might, but he's never gonna say something that isn't his truth, is not a mean truth. His truth is truth, truth. And truth. those things are different. And so, you know, again, I mean, like, I, I applaud Ronick. Ronick on air, on NHL Network, he he's cried. Good. He he's oh, good. he did. He cried. I, I saw him like show real emotion, which okay for hockey players. I mean, look, basketball yeah. players. Yeah, he's tough. a guy who's gone through addiction stuff with gambling. Yeah, yeah. And so, I just I, we want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but again, I think everybody needs to be told that like this, the world is changing. It's different. You can't objectify women the way you could in the 80s or 90s or early 2000s. You can't do it. And why? Because I would say, Jeremy, I mean, look, Rex, you have three daughters. Because we've evolved. evolved. You have three daughters. I have two daughters. Jay has a daughter. I don't I turn to my daughters every night and I say, you guys can do anything. And you're great and you're strong and you're cool. Now, if anybody tries to take that away from you, you fucking steamroll them. And like, right. it's not fair that anyone yeah. would treat you less than the, your male counterpart, who is your age. Exactly and right. See that as a father. You have to be able to see that as a person. Like, it doesn't just stop when you walk out your door. And so that's what I would say to Jeremy Roenick and anybody out there that like, don't start claiming that this is a gay, straight thing. This is. Agreed. You you, you messed up. and, and You b- messed up. The best apology. We we had this discussion on our show. So even a guy like Tom Brady, and we love Tom Brady. I mean, as Michigan guy, yeah, he's the great goat, he's the best of all time. But what we would have wished more than anything, as a guy who's apologized yourself for doing yeah. things wrong, that ball gets flattened in the Indian in the Colts game. And yeah, he comes up on. He should have come up right at the press conference and said, "Hey, listen, we screwed up." we know that there's a line and we go right up to the line every time. Why? Because I like my ball to be a little bit. That's just the way I prefer yeah. it and go so within those things. You yeah. went over the line. Do not penalize my guys for it. If you want to penalize me, I'll take the rap for it. That's it. Yeah. How much would that have gone away? Oh,
3: uh, it, it would have been done No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It, it's a, uh, you know, remorse owning up to, to, to your fuck up is, is a, is a huge deal. And, You know, this being said, if Jeremy handles that the right way, it it sounds like he's great at what he does. It's probably not something he can't recover from,
1: Uh, but it'll take a little time. I think if he, I think if he owns up to his mistake and and literally says, okay, you know, I'm actually gonna donate some of my time to women's issues and I'm gonna start doing this and have a dialogue in this. I think he could wind up on the NHL network and just have a job and, and and there are places for him to go. All right, Jay, last story. All right, last story, and this is coming straight out of the bubble and a little disturbing and interesting given his past. Uh, another guy who I feel like maybe <clears throat> perhaps hiding something and needs to bring it photo. Dwight Howard's open, like denial of the need of a mask in the bubble. I get that that might be how you feel, I get that you don't necessarily believe that it can be spread within the bubble, but you're 100% wrong because there are Disney employees coming in and out of the bubble, okay? We don't know if one guy could bring something in and then give it to you and then you turn around and give it to other people and then do you wanna be the next Rudy Gobert? Why are you so openly anti-mask? And this is interesting because remember a year he's ago- He's also, isn't he also anti-vaccine? He's yeah. anti-vaccine also. <laughs> and a year ago, on uh, on uh, Christine Leahy's uh, show, uh, which we did, right, Rand, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, it was such a great show. But we did that show. He was on the show, and I guess, you know, someone brought up the thing about, there was a gay man who came forward and said, look, I had a relationship with Dwight Howard. He and his pastor tried to silence me, X, Y, and Z. Now, I have no idea if that guy's telling the truth, or yeah. lying, the censor. But it is interesting that the person would come forward with like such interesting details about this one guy. This is not someone who's leveled, you know, a ton of these against other people. This person's coming forward and saying some silence. And and then Dwight Howard in the explanation, a lot of times said, I don't want to wear a mask. That was in 2019. He's like, I want to be who I am. And sort of through his answer, it felt like he was wanting to come forward and say something. And, you know, for us, I I know there's a, a real tough line right now, like, Getting over the, the gay straight thing in professional sports, there have to be gay players in the NBA. There have to be. For just sure. Averages. for
3: there sure.
1: Players in the NFL, too. Like, I think we're evolving. I think be- back. Uh, yes.
3: To yes. a place where the people, there are. Where
1: we would just accept it. Like, I think the majority of the people of the world, yeah, you get some bozos who would try to, you know, make jokes. But those guys are the same trolls who troll you if you, yeah. you know. Have an outburst. If you come forward, how much happier would Dwight Howard be if he happens to be gay? And I don't know if he is. But if he were, if he's like, hey, here's the deal. My game speaks for itself. I I happen to be gay. I'm putting it out there. But I don't want to talk about that anymore. That's part of my personal life that I don't want to talk about. Yeah. I mean,
3: what do you think? Yeah, um uh, I have no idea about my white sexuality at all. Um, yeah, it, 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 I think
1: that I, I
3: yeah, I think that um, I do know that he, he was awfully sheltered growing up and grew up in a very, I think, very religious, religious home. Religious very religious very uh-huh. mm-hmm. and um, you know, look, from the first time I ever saw him at sixteen, he looked like a grown man. Mm-hmm. He what he wasn't very good, but man, he was athletic and we saw what he became. Um Guys, I think I'm just trying to think about myself. There are so many times I had issues going on and uh, going out and playing in front of people and people think that you you have the world by the tail. Uh, I don't care about Dwight's sexuality. I want him to be happy. I'm happy to see that he's made this sort of comeback. I was worried he'd never play again after last year. I really was. So I'm happy that he's there. All I want him to do now is...